Hey guys, this is Erin from Roadrun Blonde, and I wanted to tell you about a new feature on ACAST that supports its artists. It's the supporter feature. Listeners to Roadrun Blonde can now donate and support the podcast. However, there's no subscription or commitment. You can just give whenever or whatever you'd like. It's completely up to you. Just find the support the show link in the show description on any episode. You can use Apple Pay or Google Pay, and it takes less than 30 seconds. You can donate anonymously, or you can add a message that I can see. As a podcaster, everything comes directly out of my pocket. I don't get paid to podcast. It's just my passion. So anything is appreciated to keep the show going. Thank you so much, guys. And now on to the show. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit get 30, bit get 20, 20, 20, bit get 20, 20, bit get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Red Rum Blonde. This is a true crime podcast. Each week, I'll explore a case, the victims, the facts, and the mystery surrounding it. Some are solved, some remain unsolved. I'm your host, Erin Fleming. Most days on my way to and from work, I pass this beautiful mural that's on the side of a building. The colorful artwork features this pretty young girl. She has a serene look on her face, her hand held to her heart. And at the bottom are the words, the missing find solace in our hearts until they are found. There on the sidewalk are candles and wilted flowers that people have left to honor the girl in the picture. And for those who drive by, they probably wonder of its significance. And for those of us who do know what it means, it's a somber reminder that this beautiful soul is still missing. This week, I'll talk about Tony Turner, still missing. So Pittsburgh is affectionately known as the City of Bridges, and that's due to the 446 bridges that span its waterways. Now, just one of those is the Homestead Grays Bridge. This high-level bridge carries traffic from the Squirrel Hill and Greenfield area over the Monongahela River into Homestead. Now, unlike many of the bridges in Pittsburgh, the Homestead Grays Bridge isn't one of those big metal arched bridges. When you go across it, this is just all open sky. When you're driving across, you feel the sway of the wind on your car. And when you walk across, you feel like you're on display to all the passing motorists. 
This is a bridge I used to drive across every day to get to my old workplace. Little did I know then that this would become the starting point to a mystery that currently remains unsolved. Now, for those of you who already listened to the podcast, you probably remember the name of Tony Turner. I did a previous episode where I talked to her sister, Sydney Turner. This was my very first interview, so I was extremely nervous, but man, Sydney made it super easy. Now, having not known Tony, I can only envision what she's like through the impressions of her sister. And I guess I didn't know what to expect because we met probably about a month after her sister had initially gone missing. So, of course, I was prepared for a very solemn time. Instead, I was met by this vivacious, glowing force of energy. Sydney had such a beautiful spirit that I will forever remember being with her that day. She was, she was smart, she was focused, and very surprisingly optimistic despite what she'd been through since her sister had disappeared. Their physical resemblance was uncanny. Both are these very slight young women with beautiful, delicate features. I think the perfect quote that came about during that interview was that Tony has the beauty that people would pray for, meaning that She's beautiful, not just on the outside, but within. And that's also very true for Sydney. She's just one of those people that made you instantly feel comfortable. And that was one of Tony's special qualities, too. If there was a gathering of people and somebody wasn't fitting in, Tony was that one who went out of her way to make them feel comfortable. One of the sister's former teachers describes Sydney as a flame and Tony as a smoke cloud with glitter. She's the calm that adds the life to the party. So how does someone with so much life just disappear from everyone else's? The interview with Sydney was obviously a bit different from my other episodes. Normally I go through a case and I discuss the person and the timeline of their disappearance. But this was just a straight interview with her. Now since it's almost two years now, Since she's been missing, I wanted to cover this case again. This time, I'll go through the timeline like the regular cases that I do in the days leading up to and directly after Tony's disappearance. I still urge you to go back and listen to the interview with Sydney. She has this infectious personality and it just makes you want to talk to her for hours. We had a really good discussion and it should give you an insight into the idea of what it's like to be living with a missing loved one. So let's go back to the Homestead Grays Bridge on December 30th, 2019. The winters here in Pittsburgh get pretty cold, but that day was unseasonably warm. In the evening, the temperature fell again. And then sometime after 6 p.m. was when the discovery was made. Reports are kind of vague, and they differ, but from what I gather, a young person was riding their bike across the bridge when they came upon a discovery. So lying there was a purse, shoes, and a ceramic object. Now, of course, thinking this might be something of importance, the purse was taken home and given to the person's father, who happened to be a firefighter. So the firefighter looked through the purse and found a journal, keys, and a phone. To try to find the owner of the purse, he started at the top of the contacts in the phone. 
and the firefighter came to find out that the purse belonged to 22-year-old Tony Turner. Tony was born on June 10, 1997, and she grew up in Braddock with her mother Darlene and her two sisters and her grandmother. Now, while their mother worked at PNC Bank, their grandmother looked after them. Sydney remembers their childhood as incredibly happy, the kind that you look back on very fondly. Ever since childhood, Tony had a very artistic streak. Her sister said that she started drawing on the walls and never stopped. Now, being naturally gifted, she graduated from drawing and sketching to soon she got involved in ceramics and jewelry making. In fact, she was so gifted at ceramics that she began teaching a class for kids in ceramics. And this was at the Braddock Carnegie Library's Bathhouse Ceramics Studio. For these kids, seeing Tony was the highlight of their week. She was not only teaching them, but she was entertaining them. And she was someone that was very involved with the community and the kids in the community. At one point, she taught Spanish at summer camp. For a year, she served with AmeriCorps. And when that time was up, she stayed active with Braddock Youth. She's a very creative, free spirit. And sometimes free spirits get lost in their thoughts. So when Tony's aunt, the first contact in her phone, got the call that her phone was found, this wasn't unusual. Tony had been through quite a few lost phones. But when Sydney went to retrieve the phone, she realized this was more than that. It was also her sister's person journal. And that journal was very private, not something that she would misplace. So instinctively, Sydney went to Tony's apartment in Hazelwood. Now, the good idea about living in this area is that I can give you a very good idea of what these areas are like and their proximity to each other. So the Homestead Grays Bridge, where these items were found, isn't that far from Hazelwood. It's like less than 10 minutes by car. I used to live in Greenfield, and that's a little neighborhood that's sandwiched between Squirrel Hill and Homestead on one side, and then leads into Hazelwood in the other direction. Now, Squirrel Hill probably sounds familiar to you because in 2018, that's where the mass shooting at the Tree of Life Synagogue was, in which we lost 11 people. Now, Hazelwood's biggest claim to fame is that it's the home of rapper Wiz Khalifa, which is pretty cool. It's a middle to like lower class neighborhood and situated not far from downtown Pittsburgh. Right now, there is some revitalization going on and some big community projects in the works. And that seems to be kind of driving up property values. And this was where Tony lived. Specifically, this was a little area called Owl Hollow. And it served as a creative performance and workspace for the community. Tony lived on Nansen Street that was nestled just right in that area. I'd never heard of Owl Hollow, but then again, I really never get out of the house. Sydney told me that it's a super cute little community where just everyone loves to hang out together. There's music and there's always a good time. So it was a perfect place for Tony. She would often be seen dancing wherever she was. Tony is a phenomenal dancer in any style, but especially flamenco, which she was studying. Now, at the time, Tony was living on Nansen with her boyfriend, Jose. When Sydney went to Tony's place, she was filled with a bit of trepidation. Their last communication wasn't great. They had had this fight, 
as is often with sisters especially that close. From the way Sydney described it, the timing wasn't great either. She said she was irritated and it came out when she was talking to her sister. She said she spoke her truth. This is something each of them was known to do. And it just maybe stuck the wrong way. See, Tony had just broken up with her boyfriend, Jose. So she was in the process of moving out and moving in with Sydney. So you have one sister that's tired and irritated and another that's probably pretty emotional. And it ended up just not being the best conversation. We've all been there. But we never imagined that this is the last time we're going to speak to that person. In a sense, Sydney was kind of afraid of what she might find upon entering the apartment. But what she found was nothing. Everything was normal except that her sister wasn't there. And she wasn't anywhere. It started to dawn on Sydney that something was really wrong, that her sister was missing. So let's go through Tony's day and get a better understanding of the timeline. Tony went to work, as usual, apparently from 8 to 4. After work, the only location that we know for sure where she was was a place called Dobra Tea in Squirrel Hill. And ironically, I would just be there a few weeks later talking to Tony Norman from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette about how this was Tony's last known location. Dobra Tea is this super cute little tea shop with these nooks and crannies with pillows and just where you can sit and relax. It's a very bohemian type place. And it struck me as a perfect spot for creative people. And I guess it was a frequent hangout of Tony's. So from there, she got on the bus to go home. Now, I looked at the bus route she probably would have taken. Doberty is on Murray Avenue in Squirrel Hill. And that bus route would stay on Murray Avenue. And there's many stops in Squirrel Hill. And then it goes into Greenfield before heading down into Hazelwood. Tony's stop was probably kind of around a place called Gidding Street, and from there she would walk the rest of the way. The Homestead Grays Bridge isn't on that route. It's in a different direction. So how would her belongings be found on the bridge when she wasn't even going that way? So the reporting at the time was confusing because it never mentioned anything about her making it home. All that was reported was where her things were found and where she was last seen. Doberty was widely reported as her last location. I came to find out when I talked to Sydney that Tony took the bus and got off at her stop. And this is confirmed by the bus driver. He knew Tony and spoke with her every day. And he spoke with her that day. He noticed that she did seem a little down. He said they talked a bit like they usually did and... He thought of maybe giving her his phone number to see if she needed to talk more, you know, to get things off her chest. But he thought that this might seem odd for a middle-aged man to give his number to a young girl, even if this was the best intention. So, unfortunately, he didn't. Tony got off at her usual stop, and that was the last he saw of her. So in the end, Doberty wasn't her last confirmed location, as the media has widely reported. It was her bus stop. After there, she was never seen again. And what happens after is where this mystery begins. Now let's explore the different theories about what might have happened to Tony. 
Remember, this is all just speculation. No one knows what happened. Some have assumed it was suicide. Tony was distraught that day. She was going through this breakup and in the middle of moving, so it was a rough time for her. Her belongings were found on the bridge, including her shoes. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. The bridge is a spot for suicides, unfortunately. Like I said, I used to work there. I worked at a place that was actually below the bridge. And I remember someone telling me a story of somebody finding a body on the sidewalk of somebody that had jumped. In fact, there's a very sad story of a recent suicide that happened in June of the same year that Tony disappeared. The 26-year-old Stanley Allen Holbrook parked her car on the bridge, left her three kids inside, and jumped over the railing to her death. Her kids were between the ages of one and nine. She had recently had a baby that was born prematurely, according to an article I read in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette by Lucretia Wembley. The baby was premature and required a lot of hospitalization. So this, I'm sure, was a lot of stress on an already stressed mother, and she ended her life. Bodies are found in the waterways quite often here in Pittsburgh. It's just a sad fact of living in a city with so many bridges and waterways. But there's never been a body found in Tony's case. And that is odd if she would have theoretically jumped from the bridge. Whenever someone goes missing on a waterway in Pittsburgh, they always seem to recover the body. So just in my opinion, I would rule out suicide. And her sister also doesn't think it was a suicide. So let's investigate the theory that maybe Tony took off on her own volition. She was upset over the breakup. And there were alleged sightings of her in the weeks and months after her disappearance. In the weeks right after she disappeared, Tony was reportedly seen in the Hill District of Pittsburgh. 
So the Hill District is a grouping of neighborhoods in the city of Pittsburgh that became renowned in World War I as the center culturally for jazz and black life in the city. It's the lower, middle, and upper districts that are collectively referred to as the Hill District. It's bordered by downtown Pittsburgh on the west, the famous Strip District on the north, uptown on the south, and Oakland where the university is located on the east. And the Hill District was a setting for many of writer August Wilson's plays. Now, I didn't know all that. I got that from Wikipedia. So when sightings of Tony were first being reported, her family thought this was really odd because this was not a place that Tony went to. But regardless, family and friends plastered the area with missing persons posters. There was also a rumor that she was traveling on Interstate 80. Sydney posted on her own Facebook. We do not trust anyone she's traveling with. Friends in other states, I need your help right now. Friends in Ohio, Utah, Nevada, anything near I-80. Please look for my sister. So every rumor or bit of information that Sydney got, she said she turned over to the investigators on her sister's case. I remember that there were rumors of Tony being seen outside a family dollar. Nothing, however, was substantiated. When talking with Sydney, we did explore that idea. She said she didn't know everyone that Tony knew, and there could be some unsavory characters that she could have fallen in with. And that leads us to a third theory, that Tony was taken against her will. According to an article in the Pennsylvania Capital Star, Pennsylvania is fourth in nationwide human trafficking cases. Lindsay N. Robertson, senior legal counsel for the Human Trafficking Institute in Virginia, said, quote, Human trafficking is a crime that occurs in every corner of the globe, including the United States, and disproportionately affects the most vulnerable populations among us. At its core, human trafficking is the coercive exploitation of another person for commercial gain. In the study by this group, Pennsylvania ranks fourth for active cases and convictions and ninth for new cases. And of these cases, 94.9% were sex trafficking cases. Honestly, I had no idea that sex trafficking was so prevalent in this state. I read one very harrowing account by Rachel Yonkas on Fox 43, and this took place in Pennsylvania. The victim didn't want her name mentioned, so she simply went by Anna. Now, Anna had a very rough childhood, growing up in foster homes and eventually becoming homeless. On Valentine's Day, the 17-year-old was beckoned by a man in a car. This man offered her food and a place to stay, things which she desperately needed. But from there, she was forced into a horrendous existence of drugs, being forced into prostitution. It started off gradually by meeting with his friends to being kept in hotels for days on end against her will. And after one brutal beating, Anna escaped out a window and found freedom. Rhonda Hendrickson, the vice president of programs with the YWCA of Greater Harrisburg in Pennsylvania, said that many times victims of sex trafficking are just students. That center has human trafficking response teams and many resources to help fight this problem. 
Now consider Tony's circumstances that day. She was sad, not in the best place. This was noticeable to the bus driver, so it was probably something others noticed too. Someone could have taken advantage of the situation. If you look at her, Tony appears much younger than a young woman in her early 20s. I mean, she could pass for a teenager. And young people are the prime target for sex traffickers. Whatever happened to Tony, she is still missing. Recently in the news, the case of Gabby Petito has attracted all of the media's attention. I mean, you don't even have to be into true crime to have heard of that case. But the mass attention that has been focused on her case has also brought to light the missing persons cases that haven't gotten that same attention. There are a ton of cases involving indigenous people and people of color that have seemingly just been swept under the rug. I definitely feel this way about Tony's case. It got some attention by local media when it happened and a year later on the anniversary of when she disappeared. Her case was featured on America's Most Wanted, but I think there could have been a lot more done by the local media and probably, honestly, the local police. In fact, I feel that Sydney is the one that's the major push behind her sister's case staying in the media. And that just makes me angry. I mean, if we can get Tony's face out there, maybe we can get somewhere with finding her. I really feel like she's out there somewhere and that someone has seen her. So let's spread the word. Tony is a five foot two black female, about 130 pounds. She has black chin length hair. She was last seen wearing gray pants, a gray shirt that read Habla Espanol and a black jacket. She may also have been wearing a head wrap. She has a spiral tattoo on her left shoulder and she has some face piercings. She has this little slight pretty face and it's evidenced by the beautiful mural done in her honor. If you're in Pittsburgh and you'd like to see it, right now it's in Hazelwood, right on 2nd Avenue. I think it moves around. I think it originally started out in Braddock. This is a labor of love for muralist Sandy Kessler Kaminsky and artist Marcy Nixon Washington. I guess Marcy worked with Tony at the Braddock Carnegie Library in 2018. In an article in the Pittsburgh City Paper by Amanda Waltz, Marcy said, Tony is one of her favorite people on the planet. She said, quote, The grief manifested into an irresistible fire inside of me to find her in whatever way she returns. Things became silent, and all I wanted to do is scream her name on every street, in every ear, in every neighborhood, in every city, and every country. End quote. That, to me, is such a honest, heartbreaking quote. Marcy cites her frustrations with the inconsistencies being reported in the case, such as where and when her wallet was found. There was a report that her wallet was found by a man riding a bike near a bridge in the Hill District. However, Marcy says this was actually found a week after she went missing, under a missing persons flyer on the Homestead Grays Bridge. I remember hearing that detail and also finding that very, very strange. Almost like someone sending a message. Marcy went on to say, I hope that the city knows that she is loved and we are still searching and we will find her. I want the world to know that Tony is more than just a missing person. So that was the purpose, she said, behind the mural. To be more than a missing persons poster. 
it's hard to capture what someone is like, but I think that mural does a perfect job of capturing Tony's spirit and beauty. Tony is out there somewhere and we can find her. If you have any information, you can call the Pittsburgh Missing Persons Line. This is at 412-323-7141. And if you want, the incident number is 1926-4396. There's also a Tony Turner Missing Facebook group. Please, if you have any information, any information at all, please come forward. She's been missing way too long, and her friends and family miss her desperately. Just think of how you would feel in their situation. You would want everyone on the lookout. And that's what we need to do. We need to spread the word. Share it on your social media. Let's get her face out there so that we can find her. So that's the story of Tony Turner. It absolutely breaks my heart that she's still missing. I think about this every day. It's incredibly frustrating for her family knowing that she must be out there somewhere and that someone knows something. I also think that the citizens of Pittsburgh need to get behind this case with all their might. We're not doing enough. So like I said, if everyone can share her story on their social media, that would be a tremendous help. I mean, everyone across the country and any country you're in, please share this. I'll post pictures and links on all of my social media. So that would be Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Thank you so much for listening and catch you next week. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.